one more time. Hey, have you seen that damn meme, that video going around where that dude up there said he pulled out a fucking PA system on his girlfriend while she was sleeping and started singing and shit? Uh -uh. (laughs) Oh, that shit is funny. That shit is funny. That's some shit I'll be doing, except I ain't got no PA system. I'll be singing my ass off and tossing me waking up looking like, what the fuck is wrong with your ass? That's how she looked in that damn video. That shit was funny. Have you seen that? I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> hey Lee, have you seen that video though? Of this uh this guy has this PA system. He brings it into the bedroom while his girlfriend and starts belting out fucking old school soul jams and shit. Yeah, I seen that. He, he, he wearing some glasses or some shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I seen that. I'll be I'll be doing that shit too. Except without I don't have a PA system, but I sure will be doing that shit. My girlfriend Tasha be looking up, looking around and shit, dazed and fucking confused and shit. Well, may you be may you be blessed to the vocal heavens, there, buddy. Hey, now it was just supposed to be a joke. You guys were supposed to fucking laugh, okay? Uh-huh. I'm trying to lighten up the mood here at Sports Talk KC, okay? Aha, uh-huh. ah, uh-huh. ah, uh-huh. ah. I'm sorry. All right, man, I'm about to go ahead and kick her on off. Cal, it's fucking funny. You're like, man, fuck this shit. Get this shit on the road. <laughs> oh. All right. What up, 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 welcome to another episode of Sports Talk KC, I'm one of your hosts, Cowboy, fellas, introduce yourself. What's up, KC, Lee 86, baby? What's going on, sports heads, D Beats 1492 here, live and direct. All right, fellas, let's go ahead and kick it off with the World Series. You said the uh, the Dodgers are leading, right? Yeah, the Dodgers. Yes, Dodgers are up three two in this series, buddy. Uh, game six is, I believe, tonight. Yeah, tonight. I would just say this as far as this series. If anything, I guess it should be over because they said that there was a blown call at the end of game five, uh, three or yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. There no, you go. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. No, it was actually the end of game four. Oh, yeah, technically, right. yeah, the Dodgers feel like it should have ended the other night. So, yeah. Yeah, because they they said the person was out or something, but they called it safe or some shit like that. I don't know necessarily, but there's some uh, discrepancies going on within the, uh, the World Series there, but I have not yet to check it out. I am still going with the Rays here because I believe you know, I just go with the underdogs, you know, so that's just me. But I could see L.A. taking it tonight because that game is tonight, correct? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, the game is tonight, buddy, so we could possibly have a World Series champion tonight. So we'll see what happens with that uh, game tonight. Uh, I'll try to tune in. I ain't got a chance to watch any of it either. Yeah, um, I guess it's true. 
my fault. Uh, I was about to say, I guess I should tune in to at least a little bit or at least uh, catch the highlights on YouTube or something. Right. Right. Uh, but um, other than that, uh, kind of just some sports news, period. Uh, Dez Bryant was signed to the practice squad of the Baltimore Ravens, and he was uh, highly emotional and happy about it. Uh, finally getting another shot in the NFL. You guys think about that? Uh, it's just like I told you a couple of days ago about this uh, about this whole signing to the practice squad of the Baltimore Ravens. It's kind of like uh, it's the practice squad. <laughs> you know, uh, I guess if something <laughs> happens or whatever, then they will ele- elevate him up from the practice squad onto the active roster. Uh, but that was kind of shocking that they, you know, didn't bring him on, you know, to the active rosters like the practice squad. So that's interesting. Uh, give credit when credit is due. Um, it's good that he's back in the NFL. Like I said before, we got on the air. He hasn't suited up or had any NFL action since December of 2017. So um, kudos to Dez Bryant. Um Hopefully the Ravens can, you know, find somebody that can get him the ball or use him. But I guess that's a that's good that's that's a good pickup for them on for their practice squad. <laughs> Dang, was that shade thrown at Lamar Jackson for not finding wide receivers? God live, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Here, this is what I got to say. I'm happy that he's back on the team. He's been out, what, two years, three years now? Two? Yes, in 17. Oh, shit. Okay, so, dang. Um, But, yeah, I'm happy that he's back in the league. I think he's on the practice squad just so the Ravens can see what he can do, kind of ease him back into the fold and not have him on the active roster, taking up a roster spot as far as game day, you know, due to injuries and whatnot. Um, and like you said, hopefully, um, you know, he's able to come back and make a contribution to the Baltimore Ravens in some aspects, but not against us. But, you know, because I just kind of feel that he was treated unfairly in Dallas, and now you see what's going on with that there and that injury. So, and then I guess, uh, what was that? Um and he had a workout with the Saints and was going to play for the Saints. And then he tore his Achilles. So, so I mean, I'll just give it off to him. Hopefully he can make a contribution, man. Yeah, man, uh, same here. Uh, um, hopefully, you know what I'm saying, he can be a contributor to that team at some point. Like you said, I feel they're probably just trying to ease him back in too, uh, being that he's been out of football, coming off an Achilles injury, so. More power to Dez Bryant. Uh, you know, good luck, man, and uh, hopefully you can do some do some damage up there, man. I mean, that's all I really got on the Dez situation. Yeah, and and I was just gonna kind of add in. I don't think he has stayed on the uh, practice squad his whole tenure the rest of this year because let's not get it twisted. We all know this uh, that the Baltimore Ravens do not have that many potent polished receivers. So they could use his experience 
It's just that, you know, like you guys were saying, kind of get him motion in and get him understanding the terminology and the communication within that offense and that organization. Right. Because right. I was just going to say, I know back to what you were kind of saying, Lee, when you threw shade at Lamar Jackson, maybe, I mean, thinking back on that, uh, you know, because him and Dak didn't have that connection. You know, Dad's like that ball high. So he can go up and get it at its highest point and come down with a deck mm-hmm. and some throw balls like that. So, I mean, shit. I mean, Lamar. I mean, I mean, I haven't. The game I've seen of Lamar is the game we played against him. He didn't look good, and I haven't seen anything besides highlights of the things that they showed of him. And it pretty much looks the same. So maybe I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. That's that's kind of my thing, you know. That's funny that you bring that up because it's just like, is Lamar Jackson able to consistently, you know, get that ball to him? Um, Who knows if that's a part of his game now, 2020. You know, he's been out this league three years. He had that horrible Achilles injury. Um, So who knows if he's really trying, if he's able to go after the deep ball, but – like I said, somebody's going to have to get him the ball, but that's another day's discussion. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. Yeah, Lamar. Yeah, all the game I ever seen of him this year was against us, and like you said, highlights. And we all know how he is as a quarterback. He's more of a running back, so. He gets. Uh, adjusted to the new playbooks and all that stuff and things that they the uh, Ravens organization like to do so that's just be something to look forward to I guess here as time goes on but uh other NFL news uh OBJ one of our favorite uh contributors to the stupid bitch segment uh has been hurt he has a ACL tear He's out for the season, man. Uh, really wasn't doing too much down there in Cleveland this year. Uh, and now he's in a contract. I mean, he's yeah, this is contract year. So, OBJ is down for the season, man. So, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, it's very unfortunate uh, for him to go down with a uh, torn Achilles, you know, pretty oh, much oh, ending, ending his my bad. season. It's, it, it, is this Achilles? No, it's his ACL. I'm sorry about that. His torn ACL. Yeah. It's not his Achilles, but uh, his ACL tear uh, tore in the second and on the second play of their opening drive of that game. So it happened pretty early. Um, but like I was saying, man, it's very unfortunate for OBJ. Um, you know, he was kind of doing some things here and there, you know, um, had a couple of touchdowns over 40, 40 plus yards thus far. You know, it just sucks. Like you said, uh, he's in a he's in a contract year. You, you never want to see that happen. You know, whether what our opinions may be about certain guys in the NFL, you never want to see that happen. And, you know, um, it's just it's just unfortunate, you know, for OBJ. Um, that's all I pretty much have on that, you know. Um, hopefully he can bounce back, you know, 
because, like I said, it, he got hurt, I think, on an interception that Baker Mayfield had through. So he was trying to he was trying to chase down the person, <laughs> you know, returning the pick, and that happened. So it's just an unfortunate situation. That's all I got on OBJ. Hopefully, he has a timely and uh, healthy recovery. I mean, I just probably just say ditto. Uh, is it is unfortunate? What is this like his third major injury now, and, mm-hmm. uh, in his career? Um, so I don't. And you saying it's a contract year? I, I mean, I don't see him necessarily playing next year. It's going to be a long, long recovery back from uh, you know this injury, um, and I don't see him getting any more money. After this, as far as a big contract, so it, it that's just unfortunate that you know the talents of OBJ, you know, was kind of wasted and and you know New York and with Cleveland, kind of especially in Cleveland. Um, so um, yeah, just hopefully he can recover really quick and bounce back and uh, hopefully stay healthy and get on a team to where he can actually. Uh, you know, um, make a run for a title run or something like that. Mm-hmm. I got a question. I got a question for you guys, man. Um, with the season-ending injury to OBJ, um, do you guys think that this sends the Browns organization into like a tailspin? Because right now I believe they're – four and three or something like that, or at 500, you guys see, and, and, and true enough, they, they ended up winning the game against Cincinnati without the services of OBJ. So my question is, you think this is a downward tailspin for the Cleveland Browns organization losing OBJ? I'll let you go, Cal. Since you have, I don't, I don't think so. Cause, uh, he hasn't been like you said. You had a couple, you know, forty yard catches, you know, a couple spectacular catches throughout the season, but he hasn't been that productive in Cleveland. Uh, and Cleveland is more of a uh, a running team with the Hunt and uh, the other guy that got back there. Uh, Chubb, what's the dude? Yeah, Chubb. Boy, it's mostly been the Hunt show since he's been in Cleveland. Uh, so I don't think it'll uh, hurt him. It may heighten the, it may heighten the team, you know what I'm saying? Maybe some things like this of him going down and mm-hmm. maybe it, it may it may uprise that team, you know. So Yeah. I'm gonna go with Cal on this because I think this actually helps Baker Mayfield, to be honest with you. You don't have that pressure of trying to force passes to OBJ at this point. You can actually right. run your uh your offense at this one, I mean, at this point, you know, you can, like, what's that, Steve Stefanski or whatever? Yeah, he likes to run the ball and play action off of that. So I can see the ball going more towards, you know, Jarvis Landry, the other wide receivers that they have in that tight end and spreading that ball around and basically, uh, you know, running Kareem Hunt till the wheels fall off, okay? If it was me, that's how yeah. I would do it, if anything, because, like I said, to me, it opens it up to where I don't have to force feed OBJ. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and, and that's the same kind of, you know, the same kind of stand that I'm pretty much looking at it because I had mentioned, you know, they went ahead and pulled out that very close uh, 
uh, nail biter against Cincinnati Sunday. Um, you know, they were still able to win. Um, it's, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. I just think that it, you know, reason why I asked that because now teams don't have to worry about Landry and OBJ to pretty much worry about that tight end and Landry. And so nine times out of 10, you know, Landry's going to get double coverage if he's having success on the outside. So that's why I just kind of threw that in there. Just, you know, just for the dialogue of the show. I mean, I see what I see what you're saying. And I don't want to go on too far on this, but I definitely see what you're saying to where that could happen. But I just think for us, for from a uh, psychological standpoint for the development of Baker Mayfield, I think this can probably do wonders for him, wonders for him as far as his as far as his progression and taking the burden off of him. Uh, you know, so mm-hmm. yeah, good point. Good point. Shit, it's mm-hmm. your point. I just elaborated on it. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you did, buddy. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, I mean, you hate to see a guy go down with a season injury like that, but yeah, it may be beneficial, man. Like you said, so. Um, other NFL. Yeah. Oh, did y'all hear about uh? I, was like, I got one. Uh, did y'all hear about uh DeAndre Hopkins for uh in hot water over a uh he threw up the bird at a Trump caravan. In Arizona, and uh, he's you know, I guess people was upset about it. I was just checking the NFL news and that popped up. I thought that was kind of funny, you know, saying that people are giving him a hard time about it. I guess I know, you know, flipping somebody off is kind of you know, messed up, but you should be entitled to your own opinion, you know. I hear about that. Nah, I actually didn't hear about that, um, but you know. When you're when you're a high profile type of you know uh, a celebrity or athlete or whatever you know you got to keep your wits. But those Trump supporters and stuff be doing things to provoke people. People just got to keep a keep a keep the smarts about themselves and not get baited into what his supporters are going to do. It's just like Offset, you know, uh, the Migos rapper uh, got arrested for uh, waving a gun. At one of at some Trump supporters that were standing in his way, he was trying to get through a street or something. So he waved the gun, and he was actually arrested for that. So, you know, it's kind of just like that, man. You're gonna have Trump supporters doing their little bullshit antics, you know. So it is what it is. People just gotta stay focused and stay grounded and not let that shit get to them. But now I didn't hear about that though. That's crazy. I did not hear about it. Um. Yeah, just do what Lee says. I was gonna say something else, but uh, yeah, just just do what Lee says. Yeah, follow follow Lee, okay? And yeah, like I said, it, it just shows like you know Trump supporters. Some of those guys are kind of uh, belligerent and, and all that stuff. So, like I said, it's America. It's freedom of speech. So I don't see why you want to kind of scold the guy for doing something like that, you know. But it is what it is, you know. Uh, campaign season temperatures are at an all-time high within this campaign and so i ain't gonna really go too much into it i just thought that was kind of crazy right it ain't like you it ain't like he waved a gun or not you know shit he just (laughs) so what shit like you said it's a you know right 
Suppose. And uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, any other NFL yep. injuries? Well, I don't. I don't have any injuries, but I have two other uh, news. Uh, okay. Um, one, it just came on my phone once. Uh, we kind of disconnected there for a second, fellas. And I want to kind of pose a question behind that because I was asked this by somebody, um, or another. Uh, I mean, a person that's in the sport. So one, I saw on Bleacher Report that the Cowboys are trading Everson Griffin to the Detroit Lions for a six-round pick. And then I was uh, prompted this question by my uh, – actually, my piano uh, teacher um, that uh, he said he believes that Jerry Jones is tanking the Cowboys since the Cowboys season is kind of in flux now. Trevor Lawrence. What do you guys think about that? Uh, uh, it's hard to kind of say that he's tanking for Trevor um, because Trevor just made a statement today, <laughs> you know, that kind of shook that kind of shook the waters a little bit. That he's not that he's open to the to the thought of returning to Clemson for another year. So um, I would do that if I was him. I wouldn't want to go to a dumpster fire like the Jets or Dallas. I mean, but you're probably going to go to a dumpster fire anyway. But my thing is I don't think so because it's not for certain that he's going to even be available for the draft coming up. Okay. Kyle, you got anything? Bro, I'm gonna be honest with you. Somebody was calling my phone. I didn't even hear the question. I was trying to uh, ignore okay, the call. Did you hear they, the part where I said back. that the Cowboys traded Everson Griffin, their defensive end, to uh, Detroit for a six-round pick? Yeah, okay, I seen then, that before I hopped over here. Yeah. Um, my piano instructor, uh, I guess he was watching, you know, ESPN or something like that. He said. Did I think that the Cowboys are tanking for uh, Trevor Lawrence? Uh-huh. Oh, the QB. <clears throat> uh, well, uh, with the gruesome injury that Dak suffered, I mean, there's uncertainties there. Uh, he was franchise tag, so he's a free agent uh, if he's not re-signed with them. So they could possibly be looking to go elsewhere. I mean, I'm. <laughs> it's kind of too early, early to say right, say that right now. That'd be kind of screwed up if they uh, draft a quarterback and got rid of that. Yeah, but and see, uh, I, I, and see, like I yeah, told, I don't, I don't know, know if you heard me, Cal. My response to Beats was that you know, just a day or so ago, or actually today, Trevor Lawrence said he's open to the thought of returning to school. You know, so it's not a guaranteed slam dunk that he's going to even be available come the NFL draft. Bro, I have a question. Just right. I was just going to and go ahead. And, and, and before before you before you move on, and it seemed like at this point they're just they're they're gunning for a uh, high draft pick since they're not winning anything. I guess they're saying scrap this season and let's probably so. Where about the draft? Um, and just to piggyback off of that, I do have one more thing as far as the NFL news since it kind of broke after our show uh, uh, Friday. But um, 
But I'm going to stick on this right quick as far as do you think more players would be inclined to stay in school this year and not come out due to the circumstances of the world right now? Or do you think it's best for them to go ahead and try to come on out and get drafted? Huh. Uh, well, we already had one draft during this pandemic. Well, the kind of around the start of it when it was all unfolding. Uh, I think some players will still enter the draft. Uh, I don't see no reason for them really not to. Uh, next season may be a little bit different. Things may get back to familiarity uh, next season. So I don't. I don't have a problem with. I don't think it should be an issue as far as the uh, draft yeah. of any sport. I think I think I think you would kind of have a mix, you know, the answer to your question. I think you would kind of have a mix, you know, uh, results to that. You know, some players may, you know, stay in school. Some players may go ahead and do what's best for themselves and their family. We we never know what right. you know their actual plans is or where they're at in their lives. So. But I think I, I think it could be I think it could be hand in hand, you know. Right. I agree with you, uh, Lee. Well, you too, Cal. I can see both. I can see both sides of it. Um, and then lastly, um, you know, he makes his rare occurrence on the stupid bitch of the week, week after week after week. He's back, fellas. Antonio Brown is a buccaneer, baby. <laughs> right. I was just about to say that shit. I ain't, you know, that that ain't no, you know. I mean, it's another weapon that you add to that offense for Tom Brady. I mean, you have Goodwin, you have uh Evans, now Antonio Brown. You, got you will have Leonard, you will have Leonard Fournette coming back, Gronkowski. So uh that is a that is a lot of bullets in the chamber for old Tom Brady. Um, I can say that uh, I think that's a good pickup, you know. But um, it's where Antonio Brown's head is at. To me, I just have to wait and see on that. And what's funny to me uh, during the offseason, that head particular head coach was asked about potentially uh, signing Antonio Brown, and he said that was a yeah. definite yeah. Vote. Yeah, he lied to you, buddy. That's, that's a that, that's a good point. That's a good point yeah, that you make, Cal, because they're saying this was Tom Brady. This was strategically a Tom Brady move. Bruce Arians at first did wave off that notion of signing Antonio Brown. That was shocking. That's why it's so shocking to me that they, you know, gave him a one year contract. Because you're right. Bruce Arians turned it down, but I think Tom Brady just was kind of like, hey, I need him. So this is kind of on Tom. Mm-hmm. I agree. So I think kind of like uh, how you guys were saying, if especially where you were saying, Lee, as far as where his mental is, I guess if he fucks up, Arians not going to put up with that bullshit. Mm-hmm. I, I I definitely agree with that. Have you yeah. have you watched some of those uh behind the scenes with that nigga? Shit, he don't play he don't play that bullshit for real for real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he'll be exactly. probably right. exited off a lot. Yeah, he will. And just while we're on NFL talk, just before we get into our uh, Chiefs and Broncos preview, I got uh, two of them that I'll throw out there. Do you guys think that Sunday was the beginning of the ending for Cam Newton with the Patriots? Uh, he got benched, as we all know. They got dusted by the 49ers, 33-6. to six. So that's just kind of where I'm going to go with that. Um, you guys see this being a prolonged thing with Cam or just the coach's decision from Belichick within that moment? I, I guess I'll go first. Uh, uh, I'm just going to say this. Go I, I mentioned this last week. In our preview, I, I said that shit. Um, I'll say this. I say Cam's leash is very fucking short. Um, I don't know who they play this week. I think it's Buffalo, right? I, I, I'll say this. Yeah, they play, they play Buffalo in Buffalo. I think Bill Belichick will go back to the drawing board and kind of Take the ball out of Cam's hands, run the ball, play toward this defense, try to keep the score low. But if Cam starts fucking up, I think I think uh, Bill Belichick will go ahead and just go ahead and start the uh, young kids still. I do believe that. But I think he'll give him a short leash and kind of kind of control the game, the running game, get him eased in, and try to, like I said, play with the defense. But, if, if he if he don't get it if he don't get it back on track, yeah, I can see I can see Bill Belichick pulling that plug, buddy. Excuse me. Uh, yeah. And I, I that game wasn't aired, and uh, I'm just kind of wondering: is he still, you know, feeling the effects of the COVID that he had? You know, what I'm saying that, that's that's that was my argument when it came to Cam, like because he's just been off since he's returned back from the uh, the virus. So I'm just wondering if he's still feeling the effects of that. But as for him uh, being benched, um, like uh, B said, yeah, I believe he has a very short lease. His lease just got shorter. Uh, it's a business. Bill Belichick does not like getting dusted, <laughs> especially at his home. Uh so, like I said, if he doesn't perform up to expectations against the Bills, yeah, they will bring in uh, Steno. Now, is he a is he a a better trade off? I mean, this is yet to be seen because the kid really doesn't have much playtime experience. But I mean, uh, like Beast was saying, you know, run the ball and just play the Cam's strengths, I guess. But I'm just wondering if he's still feeling the effects. Yeah, of that that could be. You know, uh, I was thinking the same thing. You know, but it's not going to get – That's that better be the game plan for him because San Francisco has a very – San Francisco had a very stout defense, and I knew that coming into this game. And they looked so poor against Denver. And it's not going to get better against Buffalo. Buffalo's defense is not too bad. I mean, it looked very subpar against us. Any unit is going to look subpar, but <clears throat> it's not going to be easy. So – this is this is gonna be a challenge for Cam. I just thought I'd just bring that up. I just want to add one more thing. What weapons do he really have besides Edelman 
and those running backs. You don't backs. have that's all. Um, that's what I'm saying. You got to play towards the run game more and try to just keep the game close and play towards your defense and try to eke out some wins. Yeah. I don't. You don't have anybody on the outside besides Edelman. You don't have nobody he can throw to, huh? You can't even name a I a Patriots wide receiver besides Edelman, right? Neither can I. He doesn't have no weapons on the outside. We we we've all said that. You know, he he has exactly what Tom Brady had last year, and that's Edelman. <laughs> yeah. So if they don't fix that, I don't. I guess either way. I guess the point. I guess the point we're making is. Um, if they don't, if they don't have any weapons, no matter who's in there, they're going to have to play towards that defense and try to play ball control on the other side and get points when they can. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my and, and my second t- and my second question for this NFL talk before we move on is that. Um, we know that the Kansas City Chiefs and Brett Veach are going to do something for this offensive line. Um, they recently just brought in a, a former chief a offensive lineman, Brian Wintzman, who played with us like a couple years ago. They brought him in for a visit. So before this trade deadline and thing comes upon us, I do think we'll see something with the offensive line. But my question is this. Quinnen Williams, the defensive tackle for the Jets, wants out of the out of there. He's in his second year. He was the third. He was a he was a third overall selection uh, in the 2018 draft, and he's the defensive tackle for the Jets. Quinnen Williams, do you think Brett Veach should? I've seen this, you know, uh, pop up on one of the Chief sites, and it, you know, Quinnen Williams' name popped up. You think the Chiefs and Brett Veach should probably give Williams a look to add some depth to that defensive line? What is your guys' take on that? You want me to go first, Cal, or you got? Uh, yeah, I'll go, man. Me personally, I mean, I'm pretty sure with him being, you said, a, a yeah, he third was like number three pick? overall. Well, I'm pretty sure a big purse is coming with that, man. I mean, I think we're pretty good, you know what I'm saying, with the people, you know, that we got a, a big oak out. Taco. Who's the other guy that's out? And Taco uh, Charlton is out. Charlton is out. So I think we're fine once those two pieces come back. I don't see uh, no issue, no reason for us to, to pick that up, man. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, before I don't, Beats jump in, it's just kind of like how you said, Cal. Uh, the question was actually posed, you know, bring him on for a, you know, a reasonable salary, you know, so not bring him on to take a big hunk out of this, out of your salary cap, but if he's at a reasonable price, could could you throw that bait out there, Eddie? But go ahead, B. I think you can, just to answer that real quick, because he's still on his rookie contract, so you still probably have a couple of years of control over him before he reaches free agency. Um, mm-hmm. But Back to Cal's point, there is a big ticket to where because the Jet, Jet, I saw what you were talking about, and I guess the Jets are trying to shop him around, and uh, I think, I think if you try to trade for him, you're gonna, I mean, I don't necessarily hear his name 
like that. So maybe you can get away with a, a second round pick or a third round pick, but it might be a first round pick, a low first round pick, you know, for him. If, if you want to give up those assets, I guess uh, that's up to Beach. Uh, me personally, I guess I'm with, uh, I mean, it'd be helpful, but we already got, we already got Naughty. We already got, uh, Cause he's a defensive tackle, right? He's not. He doesn't play in, right? Yeah. No, I'm not. Tackle, t- I'm yeah. talking about this Williams guy from the Jets. Yeah, he's a yeah, he's a no, defensive sure. tackle in some some packages that usually have him playing uh, in. Oh, oh, that changes things for me. Then I think we need another in on that side of Clark. I mean, if you can make it work on. If you can make it work and you can be yeah. versatile and, and switch these guys around and the quarterback doesn't know where the fuck is coming from, I'm all for that. If you can make it work, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. That, 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 that's why I asked that before I, I wanted to gather, gather as much information as I could. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you can make it work, if you want to throw a, a first, you know, bottom tier of the first round, um, go and be my guest, I guess, if that's what you want. Yeah, but it's kind of like how you, yeah, and, 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 you know, before you, before you come back in, I want to kind of, I'm sorry, man, not to cut you off, but I didn't know, I thought he was a tackle. So he, so you said he's versatile, he can play in. Yeah, well. sometimes, uh, I've seen him a couple of games to where he'll line up over center in some, in, in some other scenarios in the game, he'll line up as an end. I have seen that from him. But he's a true, he's a true blood, blooded defensive tackle. But okay. it, 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 it just kind of, you know, it said, dang, yeah, that's another body for depth. But, you know, kind of how you guys were saying, you know, uh, Colin Saunders just came back against the uh, Broncos. Uh, Taco, uh, Taco get healthy, and I'm pretty sure Okafor will get healthy. I don't know if Okafor is on permanent or, or temporary IR or what, but I do know that they did have him on – some type of level of the IR. I think it's the one that you can, you know, he'll just be on there temporarily. So, you know, that's just kind of something to watch for, you know, because that's his second hamstring injury. Okafor, I'm talking about, but, you know, if you get him, Quinn and Williams, who I'm talking about, I think it'd just be for that rotational depth, if anything. And I would not give up a first rounder for him. Nah, a third or fourth or, you know, a a third to me, but you know, if you got to dig, if you got to dig deeper than that, I'll just say stick with what you got. I'm fine with it that way too. Either way, I guess. Um, for me, because um, like I said, I haven't necessarily heard his name. So basically, it's kind of like the same thing. Kind of just going off of potential because the Jets don't have anybody, and I don't, I don't hear his name enough to know that he, like you said, Lee, that. It will warrant a uh, first round pick, but you never know. It's the Jets, so they can just be just be assholes about it, especially since it's in conference too. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with it either way, but I think we roll with what we. Oh yeah, I'm getting to it, buddy. Once we get there, I'll, I'll, I'm I'm gonna speak my piece. I mean, I also rather 
add something to that line, that offensive line. I mean, got to got to protect our our, uh, our franchise yeah. with respect. So, yeah. But other yeah. than that, let's go on into our uh, recap against these Broncos. Let me go ahead and just give you guys some of the stats, and we'll go on into it. The Chiefs was victorious up at the mile high, 43, and the uh, Broncos had 16. So, hell of a game score-wise. Pat went 15 and 23, 200 yards, even one TD. Uh, Clyde had eight carries, 46 yards, one TD. Uh, Bale, his first game, six carries, 39 yards. Um. In the receiving department, Miko Hard two two receptions, fifty seven yards. Tariq Hill six receptions, fifty five yards, one TD. And we also had three INTs in this game. So in our over and under segment, we did. I'm sorry, we had two uh two uh, two INTs. My bad. Uh huh. And that was uh Sorensen, my guy, and uh Tyron Matthew had one. And um. I'm going to go ahead and just shout this out. Our first uh, kick return touchdown in a long time, Brian Pringle at 102 yard, taking it back to the house, TD. Well, like I said, uh, it was a snowy game up there in the mile high, and the Chiefs was able to get a victory. So let's just go ahead and dive off into this game and what we saw in this game. Yeah. What I observed from this game, just all-around team effort, um, all-around team win. Like you said, special teams defensively and off, off, offensive-wise. We scored in all three aspects. Um, that is very dangerous, <laughs> you know, for any team to look at the Chiefs and not see the highlight reels of Pat Mahomes and Kelsey and Tyreek Ty, Ty, Hill cutting you up. You know, it was the total opposite. It was the kick return. It was the it was the defense of interception by Sorensen. And, you know, that's scary, man. Um, that is really scary because this team showed you that they can win without Pat cutting you up all over, you know, all day long. Um, it's just it's just a scary sight. You know, it was just a good all around team win offensively did what they had to do. Um, defensively did what they had to do, you know, uh, with the turnovers, um, you know, uh, a lot of good things that I just seen here and there, um, you know, um, offensively, we came right down after a good three and out by the defense, um, came right down, took the lead, Clyde got in there, you know, on a nice TD run, you know, um, defense, like I said, stopped them, you know, it was good to see Willie Gay in there. Um, I remember telling you guys, uh, the very first play of the game, Willie Gay was in the backfield for a stop of three yards, and he had a nice deflection later on in the game and made some other good tackles. So it was good to see Willie Gay out there, but I really don't have much, man. Other than that is that this, this just puts the league on notice that this team can win in all three phases of the game and be productive in all three phases of the game. And that was a hell of a win in the snow to get the 10th consecutive victory against the Broncos. And, you know, um, 
that's all I got in that, man. Uh, our boys did what they had to do and did it very swift. Okay. I did everything you said, Lee, but I do have my concerns, okay? And it's not, necess- it's not necessarily, um, you know, as, as far as, you know, the Denver Broncos, it's more or less when you get into the playoffs and some of your weaknesses show up, a playoff team will take – you know, advantage of that, and you can go home and, and uh, you know, win, win or go home tournament, per se. So uh, my number one concern, like I've alluded to it, um, opposite of Frank Clark, um, even sometimes when they ran at Frank Clark, you know, he'll jump the hole and go inside a little bit. I'm not too um, that concerned about it, but on that other side, Philip Lindsay. Not not so much Melvin Gordon, but Philip Lizzie was cutting us mm-hmm. up on that other side. It seemed like it was seven, eight yards a clip every fucking every time. time. Uh, um, I'm I'm just looking at, like I said, Lee, because I know you're gonna push back a little bit. It's just a concern. It's just it's just something I'm I'm looking at. Um, like we we need to we need to shore that up. And I know we had our guys, uh, Taco Charlton and uh, Alex Oka for out, but. You never know. They may be out doing the playoffs, and I'm just stating. Uh, number two for me, I don't know who – to me, it's not necessarily – Eric Fisher was put in a bad spot on both of those plays where Bradley Chubb just came across the edge and nobody blocked him, and he got a free hit on Pat both times. I don't know if that's a Pat issue of uh, just uh, missed uh, call on, you know, protection. I don't know if the uh, – Excuse me. Um, I don't know if the running back needed to pick that up or as far as Fisher, because to me, Fisher was putting no man's land on both of those uh, on both of those plays. The guard went inside and he had to go inside because rule of thumb is you take you take the inside guy because he has the closest path to, to the quarterback. and Your guy on the outside has the farthest distance. So I don't know if Pat just needed to. You know, just throw it around Chubb, or maybe just Chubb's that fast and he just got there. And but to me, that that offensive line needs to be fixed a little bit, just shore up a little bit. And then uh, um, second to last for me is um, the offense as far as play calling. Um, like I've been saying, these teams have adjusted, and they're not letting you beat them over the top. I'm sick and tired of seeing pass play after pass play after pass play a little bit. We only scored two touchdowns as far as the offense this week. Like I said, not a big call for us concern, but just down the line in the playoffs, I'm just looking at these certain things. You got to, and I know we got weeks to get it straightened up. So um, I'm just just throwing out my little things that I'm seeing. But I mean, when you were running with Clyde and uh, Bell. You was getting seven, eight yards. Continue to hit them until they stop it. It make them come up, and then you can take your shots. You don't have to just – it seemed like, oh, okay, now that we we uh, ran 46 times against the Buffalo Bills, oh, now they're going to come up. No, they're going to they gonna call your bluff every fucking game, okay? They're going to – they're not going to – they're going to – they're going to – teams are going to choose the slow death over the quick one, okay? So just get used to it. Andy Reid, Eric B. Enemy, make Pat, make your adjustments. Just go to the short, quick game. 
and run the ball a little bit more and make those safeties come up. Um, and then lastly, it's just been a concern. I mean, we've all talked about it as far as Buckley mixing these uh, these uh, extra points. One of these times, that shit's going to bite us. I'm telling you, it's going to come a time. So hopefully he'll uh, figure figure that out, whatever the fuck it is, because this is like the fifth or sixth one. And that was a mark off of concern. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, like you said, Philip Lindsay before he got knocked out by uh, Dirty Dan. I mean, yeah, he was breaking out some pretty decent chunks uh, against that uh, Chiefs defense, man. Uh, like I said, Philip Philip Lindsay is a force to be reckoned with. Imagine if he would have stayed in that game. I don't think they would have won, <laughs> but would have been closer. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, yeah, it would have been closer. I don't know. But as for the Chiefs uh, as a whole, man, like I said, I, I agree with the the first half or maybe the first quarter, quarter and a half. The play column was great. They was checking it down. They was running the ball. They was doing the big shots. They were playing, making the defense play. I'm honest. So I was pretty happy uh, the way they were playing the first quarter and a half. But as time went on, <laughs> they went back to the old Chiefs of all, trying to throw it deep down the field, three and outs, defense on the field, defense won it for us again uh, this week. They, they fought hard. They got a, a defensive touchdown from uh, uh, Dirty Dan. I mean, I don't know what's going on. Why do they – they sip the Kool-Aid, then they sit the cup down and forget about it. Like you got your your run game is starting to come together. Why do you shy away from that? Yeah, granted, Pat only threw it 21 times, but you forgot about the run. Like I said, Clyde only had like what uh six or eight carries? Some yeah, some. And yeah, I just don't. I just don't get it. That's my only issue with the team. Well, offensively, is that like I said, defensively, man, the Chiefs handle business. I mean, the the Broncos only. Uh, I mean, they they couldn't get nothing done against the Chiefs defense. It's just that offense, man. Right? They just forget about that goddamn run again. They're in out, sticking packs a god, which we you know he's a great player, but you can't rest on Pat's arm all the time. You got Bell back there now. You got Clyde putting in work. He had a, a scoring touchdown. Feed him. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and those are all very logical concerns. Um, I'm gonna start first with this uh with this offense, you know, uh kind of with the concerns. We were up, you know, I say this over and over again. Andy Reid does that during games. He clearly seen they were up comfortably. It came – the play calling to me was kind of for like what'll work, what won't work, you know. It was kind of like toying with the Broncos. No. We were never in danger of no, losing that game. In my opinion, um, it's that. I just, I, I just think it, it, it's that. 
you know, because like you guys said, the play calling in the first quarter. Andy Reid, we say it all the time, he doesn't like to put all his eggs in one basket and show everything, everything. He likes to keep some things in his back pocket. So that's how I felt. Um, as far as running the ball, yeah, they could have did that a little bit more. You know, uh, Le'Veon Bell's first run as a chief went for 16, 17 yards, a very great run. And he showed, you know, showed the world that he still has that burst, you know, and he's still fresh. So that's a plus plus right there. Um, I just I, I wouldn't feed too much into that, guys. You know, I know we want to see these, you know, I know we want to see in and you know, this offense do what they do, put up points and stuff like that. But it's kind of one of them things like do you got to press if, and, and you really don't have to. So I just kind of say pump, pump pump, the brakes on that. But it is, a, it is a cause of concern. I do agree with Beats on that. You know, come playoff time and later on down in the year playing these teams like Tampa Bay and New Orleans. But, you know, uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, we've showed that. And defensively, same thing, guys. Yeah, Phillip Lindsay was cutting us up, you know, on that right side. We were hurt. Like you guys said, Okafor out, Taco out. You know, um, I do feel like that will get better. We had that same cause of concern last year, the first seven, eight games, where it seemed like the defense was letting teams just gouge them, gouge them on the ground. And then we fixed that on the back end of the season, the last seven six games of the season where we became very stout against the run. So I just kind of say, just kind of hang back. We six and one, spag, let Spags and Andy Reid do what they're going to do. But at the same time, keep your eyes on the concerns. I just think it was the Broncos were shoulder threat and the Chiefs were just kind of tinkering to see what they can do. Right. And in I the do future. agree. Like I said, they're just concerned. But it's just kind of, I don't know, not necessarily frustrating. It's just, um, I don't know the word to put it, but, you know, we're a top 10 defense, but we rank 30th against the Russian. And then I'll just, I'll just throw this a little bit out there. If, if Drew Locke has any sort of vision and can see some of that underneath stuff and not try to go for the home run, as, you know, we talk about our Chiefs about, and that they pointed out in the broadcast, I mean, Goss was open, you know, underneath all day until, until you know, we could never find him. He, he kept going deep for some reason. So uh, that's that. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, you get into the playoffs, you play, you play Big Ben. He's not gonna, he's not gonna miss those. You know, I'm trying to think of, you know, maybe a Ryan Tannehill or some. So I'm trying to think of another AFC. Uh, because I, I know Lamar Jackson's gonna miss him. So um <laughs> but you know, like I said, Ben Roethlisberger is not gonna miss those. And that's who I'm really looking at. When I'm talking about this yeah. concern, I'm looking at Pittsburgh, really, to be honest with you. That's like you said, Lee, off air. That's the only threat I see. So that's 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 in, in the back of my mind. When we play Pittsburgh, are these concerns gonna arise? Nah, I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. But you know, like I like you said, I've been saying off air, Pittsburgh is for real, and you know, uh, they're going to stay for real. You know, the rest of this season, 
you know, but it, if it comes to time, if it comes to it, we're playing Pittsburgh in the AFC championship game or something like that. Best believe the, 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 the game is bigger. Plays are bigger and we're the champs. So at this point, we just got to let, we just got to let this coaching staff and these players get on track with these concerns but we're only at game seven thus far in this 2020 campaign. So there's still a lot of season left to play. There's still, still a lot of good communication and terminology that these dudes have to get on the same page with. But we'll be all right. It can we'll only be get all right. better, man. Like I said, I mean, it's been a roller coaster offensively this season for some reason. And like I said, yeah, and it's funny that we make these concerns because it's not like they're getting blown out or anything. Is it? If anything, they blowing the other fucking team out. And then, like even the Raiders game, they were still within seven or eight points of even tying that ball game up, and they scored thirty two points. So, um, like I like I said, it's just a concern. Right. That's all. Right. It, 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 it's not really even. Super big issues, just little knickknack stuff. They just need to clean up, right? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's mm. nothing too major on this team. It's just stuff that they just need to clean up and just don't abandon the run game like they do. I just don't get it. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Cal. All right, but more repetitions, more repetitions, and things of that nature uh, with Bell and Alaire back there. We're going to see it. We've seen it against Buffalo, you know, uh, where they didn't abandon the run, you know. So, you, and you got to look at it, too. Teams are stacking these boxes. So, yeah, you may want to, you know, try something different here and there, you know, hit them with a wide receiver quick out or, you know, a crossing pattern, anything. But, you know, it's all tedious things. Like I said, miscommunication with protection at the line, whether it's Pat or the down lineman themselves. That's minor. Uh, The fumble that you have from Kaiser, you know, that could have been an offensive touchdown right there. That was a drive that was ended to kind of, you know, put Denver right back into it. So, you know, defensively, guys taking the wrong gap. So, all, all kind of concerns, but thanks at this for bringing point, that up. Minor concerns. Nick Kaiser, I nominate you as the stupid bitch of the fucking week. Oh. Okay. What'd you say, Cal? I said, whoa. Yeah. The, the Raiders game, Ooh. Pat threw a damn ball to you. It hit you right in the head. I mean, right in the hands. You fucking, you fucking drop it. Last week against the Bills, you get like a, a tight end screen. It goes for negative yards. This fucking week, you actually catch the fucking ball and make and and makes uh, a move on a, on a, a linebacker or whatever. Then to only uh, fumble the fucking ball. So you for you to go on the sideline and pout like a little mm-hmm. bitch and look up at the sky and in, in, in the heavens asking why. Well, ask yourself why. Maybe you need to put in some more work, sir. I don't know. But uh, I'm surprised he got back in the game because usually when you fumble on Andy Reid's team, we don't see you afterwards, okay? So, yeah, I nominate you. Nick Kaiser, you are the stupid bitch of the week. 
<laughs> okay, this kind of this kind of prompts a question here. Would you got would you guys bring back Blake Bell from the Cowboys? Dallas Cowboys? So how the fuck we gonna get him unless they release him? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just saying how the fuck we gonna get him because I'm not trading for his ass. No, listen, listen. I'm saying oh. if they released him or anything, they would say that. you didn't say that at Cowboys. first, buddy. That's why, that's where I was confused. Uh, sure, I, I would. I would bring him back if yeah. he were released, but I'm not trading for his ass. No. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, you could tell that Kaiser mm-hmm. was definitely uh, frustrated on that sideline. Like I said, it looked like he was going to take a double barrel shotgun to his face once halftime hit, but. Hopefully, you know what I'm saying, he can – he's a young guy, man. Hopefully he can get together, man. You know, <laughs> shit happens, man. I mean, I was pissed off at him, but, you know, he's a chief, man. And I do – you know, he is a stupid bitch for that. But hopefully he can clear it up, man. Get a guy a shot. Sasha's link. But Sasha's link should be back this week, right? Should. Mm-hmm. So that probably be the end of, yeah. the end of Kaiser yeah. anyway. Yeah, so they're missing. But with Sasha's link coming back, yeah. Will they implement him into the fucking game? Will he get some shots? I would love to see that. I think I think now that you have Le'Veon Bell and with Sausage coming back, I think you're gonna see a lot of more a lot of more lead blocks by the sausage. I've been I've been campaigning for that to be like a have like a power run, especially in short yardage situations and goal line situations. Let Le'Veon or Clyde run up the back of the sausage on a halfback lead die. You know, you need that. I just when the Chiefs use use the sausage as a lead block, it's positive yardage and positive plays. So I hope so. I really do hope so that he's implemented in, in that fashion. You know, um, we seen he can be he can be, you know, um, he can be kind of like a, 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 a switch up here and there in Baltimore. Pat hit him with the underhand shovel pass, you know, fullback screen. So, you know, yeah. Little short yardage situations make the defense move sideline to sideline and use Sherman. You know what to add to that? That would be nice. I still haven't seen it yet. I've been asking for this after Pat's inaugural. Um, it wasn't his rookie year, but his first year started. When are we going to see this man actually take a snap from center and actually do a drop back? Instead of because every time he's on the center, it's either they easy either handing it off or it's play action. When are they going to add that element? I know it's not the most comfortable for him since he came from Texas Tech. Hopefully, he's working on it. I would hope, I would hope, hope, hope that he's working on that because that's another added thing to your game to where a defense can't tip off what you're doing. As far as when you drop back, you can drop back and do a three step drop and just let go of the ball, do a five-step and let go of the ball, or even do a seven-step drop from under the center and get rid of the ball. 
that's another that's another thing a defense has to worry about because they can't key in they can't key in on things especially as far as me as a viewer can notice as oh you're on the center I already I already know two things you're gonna do you're gonna either hand it off or it, or it's play action. Good point. So, mm-hmm. Good point. I'm yeah, just saying I, since you said that and we have Bell back there, that's another. That's another. That's an. That's another step we need to take. Yeah, it's it it, it it it's going to be taken. We just haven't seen it yet. That's what I'm saying, man. It it, it it's coming, man. It's yeah, coming, man. All right. Uh, all right, man. Uh, all right, go go ahead and toot your own horn now, buddy. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, let- Let's go on to the dun 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 dun. No, no, no. Uh, let's go on to the pick segment, baby. Lee, go ahead, man. Yeah, man. Just recapping week seven matchups, baby. For the week, I'm sorry. Uh, I was top dog at twelve and two. Beats was right. Behind, Beats was right behind me at eight and six. And Cal was right behind at seven and seven. So for the fourteen slated games, yep, we, uh, we all did. We all did pretty good. I mean, no one was behind. You know, we all pretty much, like I said, Cal, you broke even. Beats was eight and six. I'm twelve and two. As of now, the standings. Myself, I sit at seventy four, thirty and one. Beats three games behind me at seventy one, thirty three and one. And Cal, you're at 66, 38 in one. So you're Cal, you're five games behind beats, and you're eight games behind me thus far. So just kind of recapping week seven. Um, some shockers. Uh yeah, the the heavyweight battle between Pittsburgh and Tennessee. That game went down to the last minute, you know, the last seconds, Tennessee. Could have tied that game and took it into overtime, but the kicker missed it. Pittsburgh, you know, got out of there with the dub. Like I said, Cal and uh, Beach, they both went with Tennessee. Um, we all went with Atlanta. <laughs> that was one of the, the, the Lions and, you know, uh, Matthew Stafford came back in the last seconds to win that game at one point. You know, I bring that game up. Did y'all, I know see, I, did y'all see how Atlanta I didn't lost see that it, game? but I saw that uh, from a notification from Pitcher Report that Atlanta actually let um, – no, Detroit let Atlanta score there so they can get the ball back. So they can go down the field and actually have a chance to win. Well, yeah, and, and and that's how it that's how it ultimately went. But Ty Gurley tried to actually stop himself and his momentum from from crossing the top to score. But his momentum carried him into the end zone. It was just like, dude, you should have took, you should have failed way before you got that close to the to the end zone. It was just tragic to know But like you said, BC scored. Detroit and they you know who's right the there in a fucking blender and shit. How they lost. Somebody vacuuming, man. 
<laughs> but yeah, we all went with ATL and the Lions pulled that one out. Um, Cleveland and Cincinnati was a good one. Cal went with Cincinnati. You know, uh, Cincinnati had Cleveland, but they somehow fell at the end. Me and Beats went with Cleveland in that one. Um, and then the Sunday night, the game, the 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 new Sunday night game between Seattle and Arizona. That was a hell of a game. We all went with Seattle and uh, Arizona and Kyler Murray. Man, they uh, they were really clicking on all cylinders, you know, to get that win at home against Seattle. Very, very good game. I think that was the game of the week. Know, but, and before you in move on, eyes, let me you know, tap in on this um, one, man, yeah, I hate that I lost that game and there was no treatments being given. But the young QB, Murray, had a hell of a game, man. And the announcer said it best. This is one of his coming out mm-hmm. appearances to show that he's here and he's elite quarterback. For him to march down that field and put his team in position to tie the game, that, that was a hell of a – that was a hell of a performance by that kid. And I just got to give him kudos, man. I just had to, had to, had to say that, man, because he showed. He put, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it would. And remember when it we really was on would. the phone doing that game, game you Kyle were Murray. saying, Lee, you acting like you want mm-hmm. Arizona to win. I was like, no, I just want to see a good game. And I like Kyler Murray. I like his game. And did y'all guys uh, see at the end of the game when they, uh, I thought they weren't supposed to be doing this, though, but. Russell Wilson and uh, Kyler Murray did a jersey swap, and fucking he's shorter than fucking Russell Wilson by like good yeah. inches. And did you see Russell Wilson holding up that little ass jersey? <laughs> yeah, the, the, he's a small guy, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's small. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did see that. And that that's like you said, uh, I didn't know that they were doing jersey swappings and stuff like that too. So I kind of thought about that too. Like they weren't oh, supposed okay, to. well I I, I may have thought wrong. Right, uh, I thought they weren't doing that either. They're not gonna tell uh mm-hmm. Wilson, hey, you can't do that, buddy. <laughs> so there'll be a fine later this week though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't been one ever yet. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm just sad mm-hmm. that there weren't no treatments served yeah. up on the civil platter there, buddy. No, no treatment. Yeah. And I actually marked it off, you know, when I was making my picks for week seven. I actually had Arizona down at first, but then it was something that popped up about D-Hop could possibly beat Elling with an ankle. So I was like, oh, hell nah, Seattle really going to take this one. But, you know, uh, they pulled it out. Moving it along with week seven. And then we had the 49ers really go into New England and just manhandled them, just took them behind the woodshed and did whatever they wanted to do with them. Um, Beats and Cal went with New England in this game. And I went with the 49ers because something just told me 
Shanahan and Garoppolo and, and, and this defense, this team is still scary. And their record still shows it. You know, with all these injuries that they have, they have experience and they still have a good team. And I just felt Cam Newton and the Patriots was not going to be able to do anything with them because they looked so bad against Denver the prior week. So, you know, that was a shock, you know, not a shocker in my eyes, but, you know, um, that was one of the ones me and the guys kind of went separate ways on for week seven. And then to finish it off, the uh, Sunday night matchup uh, or the Monday night matchup that happened yesterday between the Bears and the Rams. Um, that was another one. I went with the uh, Rams. The fellas went with the Bears in that one. I just felt Aaron Donald was a man possessed. He said it. You know, they played soft against San Francisco. You know, their defense just let San Francisco do whatever they wanted to do. And I just felt that they were going to come out and play like mad men. And they did. They held the Bears to three points all the way through that game. The Bears finally scored a touchdown, I think, with like five minutes left to go. So the Rams did what they did, what they wanted to do. You know, uh, the Bears are a good team. Don't get me wrong. They have a good defense. But I just felt that was one of those games where we kind of where we all went separate ways on. I just felt that the Rams, you know, in golf would get things rolling. And boy, did they do that last night. So that's kind of a recap there to our sports heads listening here at Sports Talk KC for week seven matchups. So um, getting off a little bit into week eight, that's going to transpire uh, transpire in the next couple of days with the Thursday night matchup. We have the uh-huh. Atlanta Falcons going to the Carolina Panthers for the Thursday uh-huh. night matchup. Uh-huh. Who you got uh, in this one, Cal? Christian McCarthy will be back. So I'm going to – I'm well, it's not a guarantee. They, they, they said he's eligible to return to practice, but they don't know if he's going to play Thursday. I just wanted to throw that out there. Oh, man. But who you got uh, Thursday night, Cal? Carolina. Yeah, I went with Carolina myself. You know, they're coming off a very tough loss to New Orleans. You know, Atlanta. <laughs> I mean, they're coming off. Yeah, they're 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 both both teams are coming off losses, and so I just think um, Carolina being at home. North Carolina, them, you get know, up and raise up, you got take the shirt off, twist it around your head, spin like a helicopter. Yeah, I'm going with Carolina, buddy. Petey Pablo. <laughs> all righty, all righty. Oh. Uh, all right. Mm-hmm. All right. So that kind of to our sports heads listening, that kind of concludes that um the uh sports talk match sports talk KC matchup and predictions and preview for week seven and then the preview for week eight between Atlanta and Carolina. So week coming up, may the best man right. win for week Tell eight coming anything up. Anything else you guys need to touch bases on, buddy? I don't think so. I think we pretty much cleared the plates. Mm-mm. Yeah. Then sopped up every morsel. <laughs> so with that being said, uh, this concludes another episode of Sports Talk KC. 
I am one of your hosts, Cowboy. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Cowboy Beats. They looking for you. Working in five. First, I just want to give a shout out and thank the Sports Head for supporting us. Um, you know, yes, sir. You know, and uh, yeah, we do this for you, and uh, I just hope you enjoy. Um, yeah, if you're checking for me, you can find me on all social media platforms at the Beats fourteen nine two. Lee, if they're checking for you, where can they find you? Sports Talk KC page. Hit us up. Find me at Radham Jones at Facebook. And like Beats was saying, we thank everyone for listening and showing y'all support. Oh, one. And, you know, just, just letting us know that y'all support. So that uh, yes, we all, do. And I just want to say one more said. thing. It would help us we if you uh, on Spotify. If you uh, you know listen to the show, to go ahead and follow the podcast that helps us get a little bit more reach. And then whatever other podcast service that you use to uh, listen to us, as far as like Apple, Deezer, whatever. I'm sure there's a button there that you can follow us, so you can just save the podcast to your app. And that'll help us get reaches also. And then if you look, if you like, you can leave us a comment. I just throw that out there. We haven't said that in a while, but it will help grow the podcast. And we appreciate that. Yep, yep. All right. We'll be back Friday. So tap in. Tap, tap, tap in.